Welcome. The word afflicted appears twice in our passage for today. It's the same word which describes how cruelly Israel's people were treated as slaves in Egypt. And when we are afflicted, when we're suffering great troubles and great cruelty from our enemies, I wonder what effect that has upon our lives and upon our relationship with God. Today we're looking at Psalm 119 and the eight verses beginning uh, with verse 65. The headed tet in the King James Bible, that's the ninth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which has a T sound. It's one of two Hebrew letters that uh, sound like the English letter T. My name is Keith Simons. I'm a Bible teacher from England, and I present these talks on how to understand the King James Bible by using the Psalms. Each week we look at a different section of the Psalms, verse by verse and word by word, seeking to understand the meaning. So today we're looking at the longest psalm, Psalm 119, and the eight verses that begin with verse 65. And although I've drawn your attention to the fact that the word afflicted appears twice in this passage, there is a word that appears much, much more often. That word is the Hebrew word for God. It begins with our letter for uh, today, Tet. Um, the word is Tov, and it actually appears at the beginning of five of these verses. They're all interpreted differently in the King James translation. So in verse 65, it's the word well. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant. In verse 66, it's the word good. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. And then in 68, again, it's good. Thou art good. And in 71, again, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. And then in the last verse of our eight for today, verse 72, it's translated better. The law of thy mouth is better unto me. And uh, I wonder whether there's two words which could be such opposites in their idea. This idea of good and this idea of being afflicted, being subjected to cruelty and persecutions and troubles by a fierce and cruel enemy. And yet this passage puts the two together and it causes us to examine, you know, what is our experience when we suffer troubles? Because when we suffer troubles, they can have one of two effects on us. They can either cause us to turn to God and to trust him more as the one who is going to help us through our troubles. Or they can cause us to turn away from God. And I'm sure you've met people who say, well, once I believed in God, but then this happened in my life and I suffered that trouble. And 
I can no longer believe in a God who allows such things. So trouble can have one of two effects on us, opposite effects. Let's start looking at the passage now. Verse 65, thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word. And that well, as we've already seen, is the Hebrew word for good. God is good to us. He's a good God. He cares about his people. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant. That's how the author of the psalm describes himself. He is a servant of God. He he obeys God. He trusts God. He knows that God is looking after him like a good master who cares for his servants. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. Thy word, your promises. You promised that you would help me, and God, you have helped me. You have been active with me in my troubles. Everything you've done, you've done well. You've done good things in my life. And I want you, God, the good God, to give me some of that goodness too. Verse 66, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Almost every verse of Psalm 119 has a word that refers to the Bible in some way. Um, So it might refer to the word of God or the law of God or the commandments of God. And sometimes it refers to the judgments of God. Uh, My eye falls on verse 62. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. And the word judgments there refers to the Bible. It refers to things that God has decided and declared for us in the Bible. But here where it says, teach me good judgment and knowledge, that's a different Hebrew word for judgment. It means intelligence. Teach me uh, to decide things wisely, to understand things well. God, I want to learn your ways. I want to learn of you and understand how I should live and how I should uh, think when I'm in trouble and when I'm in difficulty. So God, I'm asking you to teach me. Teach me because I've believed you. I've believed your commandments. I've believed the instructions that you've given about how I should live, what you've ordered for me to do. I believe in those. And from them, I understand that you are going to teach me how to act wisely in life, how to do what is good. Verse 67, a a word of testimony, personal testimony. The author writes, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. I went astray. I wandered. I did wrong things, not necessarily on purpose. The Hebrew word seems to suggest that he did wrong things simply because he didn't realise what was the right thing to do. He did wrong things because he didn't know God's word, God's law, God's commandments. And so he was doing all kinds of wrong things and not really aware of them. 
but then troubles came into his life. He was afflicted. An enemy came against him, acted cruelly towards him. And how did the author of this psalm behave? He turned to God. He wasn't like the person who I've discussed earlier in this talk, who had troubles and those troubles caused him to turn away from God. And we learn something from this. Our troubles, troubles come to everyone. Some people have much more severe troubles than other people. But what we do with our troubles is what really matters. We can use those troubles as an excuse to trust God, a reason, should I say, to trust God, to trust him more, to study his word, to see whether we're doing wrong things in our lives, things against what he wants us to do. Our troubles can cause us to examine our lives or our troubles can cause us to rebel against God. But it's not really the troubles that are doing it. It's our reaction. It's our behaviour. If we turn against God in our troubles, that is our decision. Because we could have turned to him. We could have prayed to him. We could have asked for his help. The author of this psalm, in his troubles, in these great troubles, turned to God. He desired to have that good judgment and knowledge. He believed the commandments of God. Verse 66. And uh, accordingly, when he'd gone through his troubles, or maybe when he was still in those troubles, he kept God's word. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Kept it? Kept it like a precious object, like a pearl or a diamond or a ruby or, or like gold or silver. You put it away safely. You, you, you keep it in the most safe and secure place. So it is with God's word. You need to treasure it in your heart. You need to consider it precious, a valuable object that you guard away safely. And that's what the author of this psalm did. Initially, before he was afflicted, he did all sorts of wrong things that he didn't even know were wrong because he didn't give attention to God's word. But when troubles came upon him, he realised that he must, he must give the most important place in his life to what God has spoken, because what God has said is always right and good. Look at the character of God. Verse 68, thou art good and doest good. Okay, translating that to modern English, we would say to God, you are good. You do what is good. Isn't that wonderful? God is good. He doesn't blame God for those troubles. A lot of people in troubles say, God caused this. But no, he declares that God is good. The troubles, the evil work that he suffered from, that was the devil's work. You look at Job chapters 1 and 2. Everything God does is good. Yes, great troubles came upon Job. Yes, his sons and daughters all died and his possessions were taken from him and he even lost his health. But who does the Bible say was responsible for Job's troubles? 
The answer, it was the devil, the accuser, Satan, who caused those troubles. What God does is right. And God is a good God who does good things. And that caused the author of our psalm to turn to him. Oh, how much he wanted God to teach him. We've already had the request that he would teach him good judgment and knowledge. But that wasn't enough for our author, that he should simply know how to be intelligent and how to understand things properly. No, he wanted to know something more. He wanted God to teach him his statutes. Teach me thy statutes, it says at the end of verse 68. Statutes, what God has revealed and recorded for us. He could say, teach me your Bible. I want to know your word and to know it so that I understand it. Not just to know the words on the page, but to know its true meaning, to know the things that you have recorded for me to understand. So what were the author's troubles? What was this affliction that he writes about? Verse 69. The proud have forged a lie against me. Forged a lie. The English word means they've made a lie, they've told a lie. The Hebrew word means they've stuck a lie. Uh, we might say the proud have stuck a lie upon me. They've made up this lie. They've attached it to him. It's not just a case of casually speaking a lie, casually speaking something untrue. This is something very deliberate, very determined that evil people have done. Notice his word for those evil people who've acted so cruelly against him. The proud, those who trust in themselves, those who consider themselves great. They've done this thing against me. How often in the Bible are proud attitudes linked to evil and wicked attitudes? How important it is not to be proud, but instead to be humble, to give God the first place and the most important place in your life. The proud have forged a lie against me. What they said was untrue. They said an untrue thing to try to defeat me, to try to rob me of my possessions. But my greatest possession of all is untouched. But I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. He keeps God's precepts. He, he places the Bible in his heart, in his whole heart. The word precepts particularly means what God's visited us to place before us. God's come to us and given us this treasure, the treasure of the Bible, the treasure of his message to us. And he has this treasure, the author of our psalm, he has this treasure in his heart. He wants to fill his whole heart with the Bible, with God's word. He knows that God's word is the most precious treasure that he could have. They think they've got a treasure too, the, these proud, wicked people. Let me tell you about them. Verse 70, first half of the verse, their heart is as fat 
Escuris. Fatness in the Bible has sort of a double meaning. On one hand, it means luxury, riches. The most valuable part of an animal was the fat of an animal. And what's more, rich people in Bible days, well, they were overweight. Poor people were very thin because they couldn't afford to eat more than their basic food. And so if you saw someone who was overweight, you would know immediately that he was a rich person. And so when it says their heart is as fat as grease, like thick fat, that's describing great wealth. But it's also describing a lack of lack of responsiveness. Just as fat cushions us, if we fall and we've got some fat in our bodies, it protects us against that fall. Well, these people have become fat and unaware. They're not sensitive to things. They, they're not aware of what's going on around them. And so fatness in the Bible is also a word picture for someone who's stupid. These are stupid people. They're stupid because they're following their own luxury, the one meaning of fatness. They're following their own luxury. They desire so much for luxury that they're unaware of what really matters, the other meaning of fatness. Their heart is as fat as grease. I keep thy precepts with my whole heart. I've got God's law, God's Bible treasured up in my heart, whereas all they've got in their heart is grease and fatness, all they've got in their heart is things for their own luxury and their own pleasure and their own delight. But I have a delight too. I have a delight which is much better than theirs. It's not that I can have every comfort and every luxury and all the food that I could dream of and feast endlessly. No, my delight, I delight in thy law, in God's law. The Hebrew word for law really means how God has taught us to live. It's the famous word Torah. And it's in God's law, in the part of the Bible that existed in those days, which was basically the first five books, Genesis to Deuteronomy. That was what the author of this psalm delighted in. He knew that that was what brought true pleasure, that that alone was worthwhile to learn more about God, to know God better. And so he makes the extraordinary declaration in verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. What? Good that he suffered all this trouble? Good that people have treated him cruelly? No, read it carefully. It's good for me that I have been afflicted. It's good for me, for me, it's brought about goodness in my life that I've gone through all these troubles because all the, the troubles were bad. In fact, they were worse than that. They were evil. Yet nevertheless, God did something good in my life as I suffered those troubles. He changed my attitude. Verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Verse 71, it's good for me 
that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. God, it's only when troubles came into my life that I began to think again about my life, that I no longer chose to act stupidly like these cruel enemies that I have, but I began to learn thy statutes, to study the things that you have revealed and recorded for us to know. It's good that I went through these troubles, not that the troubles were good, but that your work in my life as I suffered those troubles your work was good. Thou art good and doest good. Verse 68. I couldn't resist now turning to uh, the New Testament, Romans chapter 8, and just to read to you that familiar verse, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And in that verse, it's those that love God, those who put God first, those who choose God's way in their troubles. It's for them that all things work together for good. We've got that word again in its New Testament version, good. God is doing a good thing in his people's lives. It's good for me, wrote the psalmist, that I have been afflicted that I may learn thy statutes. We've said a lot about treasure, a lot about what people consider valuable in their lives. And then our last verse today, verse 72, is also on that subject. The author of the psalm says, the law of thy mouth, in other words, your teaching, is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Well, in the days when people didn't have coins, before coins were first minted, it used to be pieces of gold and pieces of silver of a certain weight that they would use in their trading. Thousands of pieces of gold and silver. How much the proud people would love that. The people whose heart is as fat as grease. Uh, verse 70. They would love those thousands of gold and silver. And maybe when they afflicted the author of our psalm, they took his money away from him. Maybe he lost thousands of pieces of gold and silver. But in all his troubles, he found something that he declared to be better than that. The law of thy mouth, the teaching of my God is better to me than thousands of gold and silver. Whatever money the wealthy evil people might boast of. Whatever they may have taken away from me wrongly and cruelly, I have something better now. The teaching that God teaches me is better to me than any of that. So declares the author of Psalm 119. Another part of Psalm 119 will follow in a few weeks time. But I'm now going to give you my email address and then I'll read to you today's section. So my email address is 333kjv at gmail.com. If you're writing that down, that's 333kjv at gmail.com. Let me know which country you're from 
And if you're in the United States, please let me know which state you're in as well. And now, here is the whole of Psalm 119, the eight verses that begin with verse 65, headed in our King James Bible with the Hebrew letter Tet. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver.